Hello, I'm Stephen, this is Mick, and today we're going to be talking about adults. Before we begin, we just want to say that this is only a discussion. There are no right or wrong answers. These are just our thoughts and opinions which can and will change. Neither of us are experts on anything. We are just two dudes talking. All right, Mick, we're talking about adults today. And I kind of wanted to recall, okay, what prompted me to suggest this topic. And it was something to do with, I looked at people who were classified as adults and I assumed certain traits and certain characteristics about them that weren't necessarily going to be true. So I wanted to explore that a little bit further. So before we get to all that kind of stuff, I just want to say, what do we actually classify as an adult? And I've got my own answers here, but I want to kind of throw it over to you first and hear what your thoughts are and what you think. So when I say the word adult or when I call someone an adult, what does that tell you about a person? Yeah, I think uh, for us, it's kind of like a, a marker in life. Uh, so generally, I think straight away, 18 years old. Um, so that's kind of the marker in Australia, that age. Once you're 18 years old, you become an adult and there's a lot of responsibilities you assume and there's a lot of freedoms you're given. Um, so some of those are like driving, um, the ability to sign your own contracts, um, the ability to drink and uh, things like that. So um, I think it's of coming of age. So it's probably uh, the first thing that comes to mind is it's like a physio- that age has probably been a physiological marker. Um, but then uh, as we can talk about in further depth, there's probably other key indicators as well. And one thing I would say is when you're a kid, I guess when you think of an adult, it's very different to when you're an adult and think about an adult. So as a kid, you think that, uh, you know, you look at adults and you go, oh, once I get there, everything's solved. And when you become an adult, you go, actually, it's a lot more complex than it was when I was a kid. So um, there's a bit of an inverse, I think, uh, based on the perspective of age. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would be classified as an adult under many different, uh, uh, what would you say, definitions of it. And yeah, I still feel like a kid though. So yeah. <laughs> it's very hard and loose. Yeah, I just wanted to bring up, so I do agree with you. I just wanted to bring up though, adult is like a category that we put people in and like any category there's certain conditions of entry and so yeah it when I ask you okay what is what is an adult use went straight to okay 18 years old which is by like Australian standards what we consider an adult but yeah it really depends a lot of places it does go by age but it really depends where you are because some places it might be 16 some places it might be 18 some places it might be 21 and even then where is the actual adult? Because I can think of some places where we separate 16-year-old and 21-year-old. 16-year-old can possibly go for a driver's license, can do some other things. I don't know, I'm not 100% sure, but say like they can vote or something, whereas they can't drink until they're 21. Okay, so at what point are they actually considered an adult then? Like even there, it's not as clear-cut as where is the adult? I think marriage is another interesting one as well. So like in some countries, particularly around religion, the age of marriage might be considered before, um, maybe it's considered of coming of age, but there's probably a blur between that and actually what an adult is because in some countries uh, people can get married at, a, at an early age. I don't know what it is in our country. I don't know if it's 16, um, but I think it might be around 16, and which is probably before what we would generally consider being an adult. So... Um, you're right, there's some other indicators there that we sort of see as adult responsibilities but uh, might not hit that marker that is sort of generalised as being an adult. Yeah, I'm unsure about the age of marriage for, for us either. But, yeah, it's definitely one of the things. So we've talked about 
we've looked at it as uh, being a, a certain age puts us in this adult category. But if we look at that's looking at it from like a cultural or a social lens. If we look at it through a biological lens, then it's okay. You're considered an adult after you've hit sexual maturity, which is, I'm, I'm assuming, once you can procreate, once you can have children. So, do you think that that measure or that classification of an adult is better, worse, or what are the trade-offs there? Is there any? Do you think there's any benefit of looking at it as in terms of that, in terms of being sexually mature instead of in terms of being past a certain age? Uh, it's probably a bit more better than an arbitrary age, I guess. Um, whether it's perfect system, I would say maybe not. It might be a key factor. So you can imagine uh, if you get to sexual maturity, there's certain, um, um, uh, what do you call it, um, hormones and all the rest of the, the, the whole process of growing uh, through sexual maturity probably goes through a lot of uh, emotional changes uh, in your makeup. And so I guess we all mature at different ages too. That's the other thing as well. So I guess from that point of view, it's probably a better indicator than just going with an arbitrary age. Um, maybe 18 was chosen because it's safe. Everyone's sex, generally sexually mature by that by that age. But I remember even being in high school, you know, you've got the 14-year-old the that's grown a beard and uh, you've got another 14-year-old that the voice hasn't broken. So there's a big gap there. And uh, whether that actually relates to uh, emotional maturity or not, I, I, I think we'd have to, you know, have a different discussion with someone else. But uh, it seems like a better, uh, at least a more rational way of, of approaching it anyway. Yeah, I think it's a more consistent way of looking at it because you could say um, if you look at term someone an adult based off of age, what have they got in common? They've gone around the sun a certain number of times, you know. So if you, at least if you look at, okay, they're capable of having children now, at least that says something about them, you know. But, and like you said, yeah, if we look at uh, adult in terms of age, someone could be, could still be, um, what's it, sexually immature, let's say. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't find a better way to phrase it. But yeah, you can also have someone who, is 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 over the adult age but is immature in that way or someone who's under the adult age but can still have kids already like so yeah it doesn't really help you out too much in that respect and we'll go into a little bit more detail because we're, we're kind of talking about what being how we classify an adult but not necessarily what that means or what that relates to or how you can use that information so i just wanted to mention when thinking about this and when thinking okay why do we use age over maturity i was thinking it's really just a ease of <laughs> measurement type thing like you can say you can note down okay someone was born this day what date is it minus that figure out their age but to actually figure out if someone is capable of having children if they're sexually mature that's a lot more difficult and yeah it's going to happen at different times in people's lives so i guess that's kind of why we use age instead of something else. Yeah, it's an interesting. I reckon it's uh, evolved with the social structures which we've been brought up with. So I would imagine uh, particularly around sexual maturity that that might have been more aligned when uh, we sort of adhered ourselves to more religious structures. But now we adhere ourselves to more political structures, I guess, that they're outside the religious domain. And so I am automatically think that it's much easier to administer that from a legal point of view. Um, so you can imagine... Um, you know, and, and uh, equal access. So you can imagine if you just said to someone, oh, well, um, 
you're you're considered an adult when you're sexually mature. How do you how do you uh, deal with that in the legal framework? How do you deal with that in an administrative framework? That's that's really challenging. So by giving it an age, it's much simpler to go through our uh, you know modern social systems to be able to tick that off and go, okay, they're at eighteen. And I would say that age has been chosen as it's um, sort of more an extreme end. Um, so basically that covers, you know, if you think about the equal distribution of people, that covers pretty much your whole bell curve almost. Uh, maybe the 1% is at either extreme might be outside that, that zone, um, depending on how you measure it, if it's biological or whatever. But, um, yeah, I just think it's, a, it's something that's it, it's evolved because of our social structures have changed. Yeah. I mean, how do you verify it? in a non-invasive way yes yes like i can't even think can you do like a blood test or something that would tell you but even that some people might consider that even a bit too invasive to and having that information i mean you could get into a, a uh, even bigger conversation about okay well the people is it appropriate that the government has information about how old you are and all this other stuff but that's for another for another time yeah, I mean, even 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 license. Imagine, I mean, you know, two hundred years ago, no one had a license. There was no car around. So, like, even just the responsibility in our modern social systems of having a license and what that means to everyone, and at what point in time do you give someone the responsibility to have a license? Um, and uh, so, there has to had been a framework evolved because of those, I guess, modern um, responsibilities. So, yeah, it wouldn't have necessarily been there. Mm. I was thinking about license when I was taking notes for this episode. And I want to kind of take that out of discussion purely because there are other qualifications you need to have to obtain a like a driver's license. You can't just say, okay, I'm 18, give me. Like <laughs> you can't just go on the road. So like it is a fair conversation to have that, oh, okay, just because you're over a certain age, does that mean you're qualified to actually even go for the license? But the license itself has qualifications. So I kind of just want to remove it from this discussion and just concentrate on, okay, what is it? And this brings me to the next point that I want to discuss and expand on it. You've already mentioned some of these things, um, signing contracts, uh, marriage, uh, voting, that kind of stuff. What do you think about the fact that we are or are there other allowances that we give to adults first of all and then what do you think how do you feel about saying to someone okay you can drink just because you're of a certain age you don't know anything else about them just because again they've circled the sun a number of times okay you're now allowed to drink or you're now allowed to get married you're now allowed to vote yeah, so I think the biggest thing he is missing is the experiences that you go through. So even just thinking about contracts, you know, you go from one day not being a, be able to sign a contract, not being responsible for its outcomes, to the next day being completely responsible for it. So, you know, you can imagine credit cards is a is a common theme, or loans is a common theme for young people, particularly I guess as money's become more abstract. Um, it's not a tangible metal. It's not something in which we hold. So. Um, you can imagine one day you're just basically uh, signing a contract. Oh, I can get money now. My parents didn't give me money. So now I'm just going to sign my own contract and go into debt and I get to buy what I want today without understanding the repercussions of that. And I guess that really understanding um, that responsibility takes experience. Um, so you can imagine one kid that's brought up 
um, having to buy food for their family, look after their family in certain situations. And then another one that gets gifted everything to them, their experience is very different and their experience about what money and contracts actually mean would be probably very different. So they get given the same responsibility on the same day but with very different experience levels um, and it's not something we measure. And I guess it's not something we measure because it's it doesn't fit easily within our social structures. So if I go back to I know we want to get rid of the licence, so we'll use contract. So it's still a contract is an age is sits in really easy in the legal framework. It's a number. So if you're over that, that age then you're responsible. Um, if you're under that age, you're not responsible, right? But um, but that legal framework takes no no um, uh, nothing into uh, account when it comes to the person's level of experience. So they don't really care your level of experience. If you're over 18 and had no experience with money and you got yourself into debt, that's your bad luck uh, or it's your family's bad luck. So, um, yeah, so I'd say that that's – if I was to say that there's something – which is probably maybe missing or something which would be good to, to put in the in the context of being an adult would be experience. That's a very good point. I'm going to stick with contracts for a minute. I'll, I'll expand on experience a little bit later. But just because you got my mind going because I didn't come up with uh, contracts. I didn't think of that as something that we were allowed. But you're 100% right. When we turn a certain age, okay, now you can sign your life away. You're, you're responsible for your own decisions. And I mean, d- depending on uh, your outlook on the world, that's a very scary concept because all of a sudden you've give, you've been given this incredible power to possibly cause long-term harm to yourself. Like it's not too bad in Australia. Be- I'm thinking specifically about uh, university debts because we have like a whole bunch of help schemes and we get – a lot of grace period in terms of paying it back and all that. And yeah, if, if you're not earning, they don't collect any return on it. But yeah, thinking about America specifically, you know, they pay enormous amounts of money for university and the kids a lot of the times don't really understand how difficult, like you said, if they haven't had that experience to be paying off, be in debt to someone, they don't really understand how long that can take and how painful that can be for them. Yeah, I was just it's it's really when you start thinking about it in those terms it's 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 you can be very very uh predatory towards people that are just becoming adults because that's another thing I wanted to bring up like if the age is 18 that you're an adult what's the difference? like you're calling a 19 year old and a 65 year old and you're like saying okay they're basically the same they're basically allowed to do the same things so you know there's there's surely there's a difference between them surely there's consequences to that yeah, I mean, even if you take it outside the financial, con- uh, you know, the con- um, uh, sort of direction, context, um, let's put it in uh, subscription to the army. So you think about it. One day you can't fight for the country, the next day you can. Uh, do you really understand what it means to fight for the country? Do you have the experience as an 18-year-old to make those decisions on the ground? Uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of training that goes into uh, getting the um, cadets out into, you know, live action out in the field and defending the country. But you've got to remember at times where there's pressure, everyone signs up. And so can you filter out those people that are joining the army? Do you know what their motivations are? Do you know that um, what their emotional uh, growth, their maturity levels are? And will they, you know, execute people uh, for not, with, without really rationalising what that actually means. Uh, 
and it and like you said, it can be very predatory. Um, so you know, you go for it's 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 known that there's techniques to go for social, uh, low socioeconomic areas to impact those that just come straight out of high school, and look for those that don't have a direction and go here you go here's a home for you here's a group for you this this is you'll bond together as um as uh, you know mates. And uh, you will trust one each other. And that's an easy concept to sell, particularly someone that hasn't got that emotional maturity of, I think there's a lot in the literature which would be better described by someone else, but there's aspects about emotional and in intellectual maturity that you don't really get there until you're nearly 30 um, because you need that period of being somewhat considered an adult and the experiences to go through in order for you to even understand the concepts that are being an adult means so you don't get that on day one but you get all the responsibilities on day one really great point about being able to join the army again another thing i didn't come up with it's just when you start to really think about it and, and look at the different things you can see how it can be used to take advantage of people because yeah like you said you've got this really really disconnected entry condition age and then you can do all these sorts of things that just really realistically it would be far better if you had different varying experiences with those kind of in those kind of fields in those kind of areas mm. i don't know you're making me think a lot so I'm losing my <laughs> we kind of disagree that you should be allowed to do all these things without you know just because you're an adult how then do you think we should approach it in terms of should we look at each thing individually, whether it's getting married, whether it's signing contracts, whether it's um, joining the army? Do you think that it's possible that we can look at each of these things individually and say, okay, what key aspects of a person do we want to make sure that they have before we allow them to even think about joining in this or being capable of doing this? Yeah, it's an interesting point. I've often thought about this and, um, uh, I kind of think if I go, if I reflect back and I look back in history and kind of consider what it meant to the rights of being an adult in, in say, tribes and all the rest of it, there was key points in which people, um, and again, get, you know, I might get this wrong, but there's key points in which, uh, you know, uh, young sort of teen, old teenagers go out and they have to fend for themselves, have to live for themselves, and that's a a proof of passage. So they they hit an, hit a particular age in, or it might not actually be an age. They hit a particular point in their life where the you know the leader of the tribe considers that they're ready to to have that solo experience. They go out, they do the solo experience, they live by themselves, they come back, and then they're considered as being somewhat of a, a young adult. And so that experience in itself, that's actually being uh, sort of responsible for your outcomes at that point. But there's a short period of time which you are responsible for that. And I guess you come back and reflect that experience with the with the tribe in itself. So for me, like there's a gap, I think, that we always think about in education as being uh, always intellectual. So it's always, you know, you go to high school and you learn about your, what is it, your three R's, you know, your writing, arithmetic and all, all the rest of it and reading. But so they didn't teach you that good writing. No, no, oh, that's right. That's that's yeah, yeah, I was too busy <laughs> arguing with them. <laughs> Your concepts are silly. Writing, reading, and arithmetic, three hours. Thank you, thank you. There you go. That just says something about the education. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it didn't really work very well on me. So, but yeah, I mean, there is a gap. I think that um, you know, you get you, you finish high school, and um, it was more. 
I guess there was more of this when I was younger. You were able to leave, you know, there was people that would leave for trades at year nine and ten and all the rest of it and they could go out and actually do a job and I think for apprenticeships you actually gain a lot of, you might gain some skills around apprenticeship but from my perspective um, seeing people that have gone through that and being through a traineeship myself, I think that there's, you generally have mentor in that situation, an adult mentor that's outside of your own family circle and your friend circle and they teach you certain things about life. And so it's not just about how to build a home. It's about how to act, interact around customers. It's about how to manage your funds and, you know, to, to manage the workloads and all the rest of it. So I think more and more these days we try to ship people from uh, straight from high school into, into universities. Um, and even if they don't go into universities, you sort of have to wait until year 12 to actually go and, uh, from what I understand, go and do an apprenticeship. Um, so I think there's a gap there where... It would be nice to see that there's, you know, I've always thought about this and there's a lot of arguments and pros and cons, but from a conceptual point of view, um, having community services. So I think that, that a lot of kids get, there's a lot of kids that actually do part-time work that either do it um, in retail stores or in hospitality, whether that be uh, food chains and et cetera. And I think there's something said to, to, to kids that do that when they when they are younger. If they can get, say, 20 hours in a week of, of having to serve food or serve customers in a retail store, they actually learn a lot more outside of their own circle. So they get to interact with a, a diverse set of people. There's conflict resolution in, in some aspects of that. There's responsibility, you know, um, sometimes you have to lock up the shop, count the till. Um, if something goes wrong, it, you're, you're accountable, you're questioned. Um, it's not so much so that you'll lose your life because of it, those responsibilities. You might lose your job if you do it consistently, but it's enough of a system of trial and error that I think people gain a lot of experience about adulthood through those jobs. And so community service would be another great way to do it. Now, you know, I don't want to go in the, the concept of everyone joins the army, but I think community service is giving back to, you know, trying to give to the community around you and build up um, things which people need. And, and there's probably been a lot of programs, like whether it's being planting plants, whether it's helping the elderly, whether it's feeding homeless, uh, they are also important aspects as well. Um, so I personally would like to see something along those lines where, you know, because there's, there's a lot of kids, I guess, they get to 25 and they haven't done anything outside of school. Well, they've done very little outside of school because they've been able to just, their family supported them. So they just go through the education system and they've spent all their time trying to get the, the right marks in the education system and that's great on paper, but uh, it, it might not teach you, you know, taxes, finances, um, emotional, you know, just even conflict resolution. I'm sure you can teach that out of a book, but there's nothing like someone yelling at you. Um, yeah, you can't get that in a university. So, you know, those, those kind of skills don't come through a book, I don't think. Yeah, you can't get that kind of experience these days at university. No, I'm not sure we'll <laughs> yell at you. They'd be too, too worried about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, you covered a lot there, so I'll try to keep us a bit more on, on, on track now. But yeah, just to go over a few things, community service aspect, definitely in agreement with you there. Like I, I do struggle with, okay, I don't really want to force anyone to do anything, but I feel community service, and again, not necessarily joining the army, just some way seeing how your actions contribute to society, how you are making an impact, a difference, because a lot of the times, you know, especially if we are locked in home on our computer, we don't really see the impact that we have on other people and, the, you know, those in our community, those around us. So to get out and do that thing, I don't know, 
whether it's to work at a nursing home or to, I don't know, what's another, pick up garbage by the side of the road, just to understand, okay, this is how we're contributing, this is how we're giving back. And to get that feeling of community back as well, because again, if you're isolated from the rest of the the world, the, the people around you, it's really difficult to feel that sense of, okay, what I'm doing here. Even say like recycling, even to to get that sense of when you're being around people, okay, me throwing it in the bin is just going to end up in a landfill somewhere. It's just going to affect someone else. Maybe the landfill is somewhere else, but eventually, you know, it'll affect someone. It, that person will get upset. That person runs my dry cleaning. When I take a suit in, they're going to destroy it because, you know, just seeing that, okay, we're all connected. Everything we do affects everyone else around us. So if we do, I, I, I want to say good, but it, it's more like to say what is good and bad is kind of like a bit arrogant. So more like, things that are in line with morality more. I don't know, I don't know how to phrase that, but hopefully you understand what I'm trying to yeah, say. Like, yeah, I think maybe the way you could put it is like uh, learning to navigate the greys of life. So, you know, I think when you're at a, in a high school or in university, you're taught this is the right answer, this is the wrong answer. Yeah. But when you're actually out there in the real world and you see the diverse set of people and what they contribute, you realise that uh, there's many ways in which you can live and there's many ways in which you can contribute. And uh, there isn't really always a right and wrong answer. And just getting an understanding of that spectrum and being comfortable with the diversity of it and, and sort of, you know, going through that sea of grey, just there's some level of maturity that you get from from doing that. And you don't really get that from uh, like a school outlook because school is sort of measuring you, can you get this right or can you get this wrong, you know, is it wrong or it's right? Um, yeah. I guess what I was angling at there was more seeing how – our our actions affect other people even if it's from a selfish lens of okay how will this eventually get back to me and impact my life like understanding that we're all connected and so if i make someone else angry and annoyed they're likely to bounce that back to me whereas if i make try and try and do something that's positive that that gives me a positive feeling it's likely it'll give someone else a positive feeling which again will likely bounce back give that to me so it's kind of like um feedback in a microphone system you know it just keeps going back and forth back and forth so so it's it, like it interacting like with the world around you so like you're interacting with people and you realize that from your interaction something else will come back so it's not it's a it's a closed kind of loop system in 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 some respect because yeah how you interact with the world will bounce back towards you in, in some respect I mean, yeah. it's definitely a closed loop system it's it's a big system relative to us Yes, but it's definitely yes. a closed loop system. Even if you yeah. just look at the the planet itself, what yes. what escapes yes. from the planet light? Yes, <laughs> some some forms of energy, but everything else is very very much uh, will come back to us. I was even thinking today, like you know how people can think, oh, I'm uh, if I think a certain way, that will bring about uh, a something. Like I want a car, I think about a car, I get a car. Some people might look at that and go, you're, you're insane, you, you got a car because you worked at it. It's like, yeah, it's because when you think about it, there's a lot of indirect things that are happening that will eventually result in something that directly affects what you're trying to to do, you know? So if I tell you about, oh, okay, I want a car, and then you are talking to someone, they're like, hey, i got a car to sell, and then you're like, oh, hang on a second, Stephen wanted a car because he told me indirectly that he wants a car, and then this person can directly connect with me, and then that's how I've got the car by just me putting it out there. Yes, and spreading yes, it and telling yes. other people. It's that kind of thing that I'm saying is, okay, 
you put some good thing out there, someone else, it makes someone else happy, they make someone else happy, they make someone else happy, that comes back to you. Like it may not be directly this person who brings it back to you, but like you said, it's a closed system. It all just bounces around and comes back. Yeah, that's the concept of karma, isn't it? So like, I mean, you know, you sort of, people say, well, do you believe in karma? Well, I, I believe in the idea of karma, you, you know? So karma isn't necessarily, it's going to be, physically always true but the idea so if you believe by putting it good in the world you get good back generally in a general form that will actually work because you're actually giving out the good vibes so if you give out bad vibes then the bad vibes are going to come back so it's sort of setting your mindset to within the closed lead system yeah it's a, it's all interconnected i guess in some yeah, respect mm. exactly and how you picture that go for it like i, I yeah. it, really, it doesn't yeah. matter to me like for us, maybe because we are engineers, we've got that background. It helps for us to think of it as a system yeah, or yeah. a system of interconnected systems, like that kind of approach. But for other people who have maybe more of a religious background or a spiritual background, it helps for them to think about it in terms of like energy and, and, and maybe more like ethereal beings and stuff. But whatever you believe, that's fine. Whatever reality is telling you, that's what you should go with. Like yes, yeah. if yeah. you believe it and, and it, it, reality reflects that back on you and it works it's like okay maybe acknowledge that maybe the way i interpret it is inaccurate but at least it is useful to me because it works so just keep going with it you know yeah (laughs) anyway adults we're talking yeah i know we got off a little bit tangent but uh yeah all right let's go to we've already like mentioned it a little bit the kind of traits that we associate with an adult having so and again, this is what prompted me to really uh, want to talk about this subject is I looked at some people and I said, I thought because they were an adult, because they were over a certain age, that they had these these traits, these characteristics. And then realizing later on, oh, hang on. Once again, adult only means that they're past a certain age. It doesn't necessarily mean they've had the experiences they've had. They've got that maturity. That's So I want to discuss, okay, what are some some traits or characteristics that we associate with uh, adults that they may not necessarily have. They may have it, but they may not as, as at the same time, just to keep that in mind. So the first one I want to bring up, and we've mentioned this, is uh, emotional maturity. And by that, I mean the ability to understand their own emotions, to understand when they feel a certain way, why they feel a certain way, or have a good inclination to be able to say, oh, okay, I'm feeling... Um, angry at the moment if i interact with people now it's likely i'm going to upset them which will make things worse in the future let me just you know i'm angry i i have to just wait it out there's nothing i can do well there's certain things i can do but i can't just snap my fingers and get rid of it so okay let me just calm down if someone comes to me it's like i just need some time i need some space to get out of this head state whatever it is so that's kind of what i mean when i say emotional maturity and that kind of thing like I said, I looked at adults and I was like, that person understands, you know, <laughs> their emotions, they understand that they, they, surely they're not being controlled or being uh, pushed by their emotions. Yeah. So emotional maturity is that, do you, when you look at an adult, do you now, or was there ever a time where you looked at an adult and said, yeah, they should be capable of controlling their emotions? Yeah. It's a, yeah. Emotional maturity. I guess one thing I can say, it's almost like, um, Maybe, maybe something that you – this is where if you force it by age, it doesn't – it's difficult to work out as a perfect kind of system. Um, so it's responsibility. So it's really emotional responsibility. So maturity is that you're responsible for your emotions. Um, so that 
let me just cut in with uh, maturity. It really it means fully developed. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. I just want to clarify it for anyone listening that when we say mature, we and this is where I got tripped up when I first came to this topic. I said mature, and I thought immediately emotional, intellectual maturity, but that's not necessarily what maturity means. It's it's a general uh, phrase meaning fully developed. So. Yes, just when we like say mature that, cheese. To, yes, exactly. Like <laughs> That's a good cheese. example. Like an mm. investment, you can call an yes, investment mature, mature like stuff yes. like that. So. Yes, yeah. So I guess like when you turn 18, there's a whole lot of responsibility you get given. Whether you're ready for that responsibility or not, it's a big question, I guess. And so when I was a kid, yeah, you sort of look at adults and think they have it all worked out, particularly, you know, when you sort of, I don't know, when you're 10 or 12, you sort of, you're sort of outside your own circle. So I guess for the first six to eight years you're sort of learning how the world interacts with you and you are the center of that i think as you get older past that six to eight year old age until you get to say 13 there's this realization that uh, other people have emotions and how what you do actually impacts them Um, and then as you become a teenager you're starting to um, learn to be responsible about your emotions and how they impact others so you um, you know, you don't want to hit kids and <laughs> and beat them up and all the rest of it because you know you're angry about uh, uh, losing losing a game or whatever it could be. So, so if I go back to that uh, emotional responsibility, I guess that yeah, sometimes you and you can see this in older people as well. Like they might be mid twenties and they just haven't had the experience to take the responsibility on. Um, and sometimes it's not even their own fault or sometimes that the, the patterns at which they're being brought up with has, has put them at, at a deficit. And so they're responsible for their emotional outcomes. Like they can be locked up, they can be, you know, um, uh, you know, um, what do you call it? All sorts of things can happen to them, I guess. Lose their home, lose their house, locked up, be homeless and all the rest of it. Um, but they weren't actually ready to be emotionally responsible at that period of time because they're never actually taught how to. Uh, maybe they missed that gap or or whatever the gap ends up being. Um, but, yeah, I think, um, yeah, there are times where you just sort of think, yeah, that, that person's sort of missed out. They're an adult. They're responsible for it, but they don't, they don't know how – they don't have the experience to do it. I just want to plug a book here because it, what you said kind of feeds in directly into the subject of what the book is. Uh, the book, and I mean, you'll see where I'm going just by the title of the book, hopefully, is called Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents, and it's by Lindsay C. Gibson. So, yeah, just like you said, maybe they haven't had that experience, and it's not necessarily their fault. Maybe even their parents, good parents look after them, but their parents themselves uh, don't have the emotional maturity to pass that on. So how can you give that to someone if you don't have it? How can you teach someone something that you don't know yourself? And so, yeah, maybe that comes back to uh, community um, engagement, having access to people who are mature in these different areas. So one person doesn't necessarily have to be everything to someone. So they can have different role models. And this is where going back to tribes, it was probably a good thing because you'd have like the elder of the village, you'd have the medicine person, you could get different, you could learn from all these different people who are mature in specific areas maybe even themselves there's some places where they're underdeveloped but they have that maturity in at least one area and they can pass that along to the young person yeah i definitely agree about the tribes i think what we've come in a, as we live in our own homes we've lost the experience of different perspectives so you're surrounded by your sort of blood relatives 
And if you're lucky enough, you might have some uncles, aunts and, and family friends that you get to engage with. And so that becomes a bit of a community. But if you're unlucky, you're really stuck with the biological family that you, you know, your blood relatives that you, you're brought up with. And that can only give you a certain level of perspective, regardless of how skilled they are. Um, it's just a numbers game. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, it's you can't pick your family. <laughs> yeah, you can't. <laughs> it's just it's just the luck of the draw. So it's just, and again, there's there's another level of maturity is having that awareness that oh, okay, someone else maybe has different experiences to me. Maybe they didn't get exposed to all these things that I've been exposed to. And so instead of judging them, thinking that they've got the same level of experiences as you. You just, first of all, you, you talk to them and you see, okay, what have they been through versus what have I been through? And then maybe even try and help them. Like, especially if you're in a position where you've got, where you've learned from someone, like all this kind of stuff or how to regulate your emotions, how to think for yourself, all that kind of stuff. Maybe help someone else to develop that. I think when you're growing up, you need at least one person you can emotionally connect with. Um, and I think, you know, if you think about the black sheep and what that actually means, particularly if you've only got four people in your family, that becomes a, uh, a greater level of um, likelihood. So the smaller the tribe becomes, the more likely is you might not be able to emotionally connect with someone in that group. And so if you don't have that emotional connection when you grow up, how do you bounce your ideas off someone else that can actually at least understand your perspective about what you're feeling? Because we we all feel things, we all, you know, uh, we've evolved from genetics, uh, well, depending on, on what you believe. But, you know, if you think about uh, we come from our ancestors, um, so there might be traits that skip generations. And if you can't emotionally engage with someone in your close tribe, like your family, how do you then emotionally connect and engage in the feelings that you're feeling um, when they aren't able to see that perspective and vice versa? How do you uh, relate with them if none of their traits align with yours? And so the bigger the group, the more likelihood you're going to get that to occur, I guess. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great point that it can be really challenging, especially confusing as well, especially if you're the one who stands out and you're like, this feels right, but everyone else like is saying that it's a different way. So do I believe them or do I believe the way that I feel? So uh, when you said that, it made me think how fortunate we are. And this is one aspect of like having the internet that maybe we take for granted is that... Uh, you know, it can be very, um, what do you call it, toxic <laughs> on the internet. You know, you get a lot of arguments and disagreements, but just having access to all these different people, having access to podcasts, not necessarily this one, I'm not trying to plug <laughs> us, but having access to all these people who have, again, matured in these different traits and areas yeah. that we may be lacking. It's, it's, it's such a benefit and to take that for granted is just, you know, do it at your own peril or yeah. whatever. Yes. <laughs> One, a few more things about um, emotional maturity before I want to move on to the next type of maturity. You made a great point that uh, some people, it, they, it may be difficult for them to understand how their actions affect others. And again, it doesn't matter what age you are. This can, this can dawn on you at any point. You could be a child, you can be an adult, you could be a senior, but you, we hope that at some point, you know, we realize, oh, okay, the way I'm acting towards a person is having a certain effect on them. Maybe not necessarily the effect I want to have. Like, yeah, am I letting anger overtake me? And so I'm taking it out on my children. And is that, are they going to see, are they going to be able to realize? So first of all, I'm lacking the emotional maturity and now I'm expecting my child to realize that I'm only lashing out at them because I'm angry and unable to control my own emotional maturity. So it's like a vicious cycle. 
So, yeah, hopefully we can. Uh, I think that's a very important point for leadership and authority too. You want someone that's quite emotionally mature and very uh, uh, understanding of very different, diverse set of perspectives. Um, and uh, sometimes I, I, I don't know if that's actually the case. So you can see those fall through the gap in, in positions of authority and you can see when it happens it goes wrong. You know, so someone gets hurt or, or um, decisions are made without the consideration of others and uh, it, it can be at a big detriment to a lot of people um, having one individual that uh, is in a part of leadership but isn't emotionally mature. That's a very good point, actually. So another thing that we allow adults to do is to run for what a leadership position, a, pol- a, a premier, a prime minister, a president or whatever, again, all we can say for certainty about them is that they've passed a certain age. <laughs> a lot of the time, a lot of the time, there's no other qualifications that are on them. It's just, okay, you're, you're a citizen of this country. You've passed a certain age. Go for it. Yeah. It's like, is that yeah. really how we want to be choosing people who are leading us? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's political enough for today. Yeah, that'd, be, that'd be a good <laughs> podcast in itself. Yes. Last thing about uh, emotions. There's a difference between ability to control your emotions and uh, having lack of emotions. So what I mean by this is we can look at someone and say, oh, they're being unemotional. And while they may be unemotional, that doesn't necessarily mean that they've dismissed that they have feelings towards something, but they are able to compartmentalize, I guess, which I don't like using that term, but I can't think of a better one at the moment. They're able to say, okay, I feel really angry towards this thing or I, I, I want this, this certain feeling to happen, but I'm not going to allow that take control of me and sway the actions that I make. I'm going to use that as a parameter to make my decisions, but I'm not going to let that affect my decision any more than that. So I guess I didn't make that sound uh, as, as uh, it made me sound a bit more robotic than I meant. <laughs> it's, if someone makes a decision, but they appear unemotional, they may still be taking that emotion into consideration. They're just putting it to the side and stepping back and saying, okay, I'm not going to allow that emotion to dictate how I act because that could result poorly. I'm going to put myself in the best position to make a, to, to make a decision where I satisfy that emotion. I, I get that outcome. Yeah, maybe yeah. you can say it a bit a bit clearer. Yeah, no, no. I think I think you're, yeah, you've done a pretty good job to explain it. I think uh, the way I kind of explain it is there's an emotional disconnection, and so it's actually I think uh, psychiatrists would probably know this better, but they're psychologists. But I think uh, it's a survival technique, and um, so basically being able to emotionally disconnect definitely gives you uh, an advantage. So even if you think about playing poker, which is a game, uh, the ability to disconnect your emotion in the game gives you an upper hand. That's why they wear glasses or they'll do certain techniques in order to uh, make you harder to read. Now, there's a difference between emotionally being emotionally disconnected and not being aware of your emotions altogether. So it's a technique to be able to emotionally disconnect and, like you said, compartmentalise both the emotional aspect and what you're trying to rationalise. And so uh, some individuals take the emotion into concept but they disconnect the emotion in the decision-making process and other people just disconnect altogether for survival techniques. So, you know, people um, 
uh, maybe maybe that have been abused throughout their childhood, there's an ability to completely disconnect and forget what had actually happened. So in that part, they're actually not taking the emotion into account whatsoever. They're actually disconnecting in that way. They're probably doing it for very much a survival technique um, and they're making decisions they're not aware of because they're not taking the emotions that they had into account. So I guess that's uh, maybe a bit of a difference between. So both of them use the technique of emotionally disconnecting. But like you said, there's people that can do that and take the emotions into account and then there's other people that do that at the absence of taking the emotions into account. It's almost like blindsided. Yeah, well explained. That I really like the uh, poker analogy that you used. I think that's <laughs> a great way to, to explain it. All right, the next one I will look at is intellectual maturity. Now, you're... Uh, my, I'll explain what I mean by this and then maybe, I don't know, you might have a bit of a different opinion. My, the way I see this is when I looked at, at an adult, when I look at an adult, I think, okay, the opinions that they're telling me, the thoughts that they're telling me are coming from their own mouth. They have heard this stuff from other people. They've processed it themselves. They said, okay, this aligns with my own experiences. I, I think this, I think that, okay, this is how I feel. So, it's really that they've they've taken in information, they've thought about it themselves, and now what they're telling me is their own opinions, is their own thoughts, rather than them just parroting what someone else has said. Mm, yes. Yeah. Is that how you would uh, think about it, intellectual yeah, maturity? Yeah, so I think about it a bit differently. Yeah, uh, it's an interesting one. So, intellect in itself, I struggle with um, because I often think about intellect from the eye of the beholder. So, what is intelligence? So uh, it's really in the, behind of, uh, in the eye of the beholder because uh, are we intelligent that we can build all these buildings and create all these roads and destroy our own, own environment or are we, in, you know, is it an animal intelligent because it doesn't destroy its own environment and keeps it uh, somewhat of at harmony and is it aware of that or is it not? I mean... I mean, intelligence in itself, I feel like could could be a topic in itself, and um, I don't know if it would get any necessarily any closer. Like I've always thought about IQ tests and and what that actually means, because the uh, the score of IQs change over a period of time, which says to me there's a transfer of knowledge. Um, so to me, I immediately thought replacing intellect with knowledge, but then I get stuck when you said basically they're taking knowledge in, and they're filtering through based on their own thoughts and then they're coming out with their own perspective and sharing their own opinions. Yeah, I don't know what that – it is a form of intelligence, I guess, but I don't know how you necessarily measure that. Um, I would say in particular environments, people have a different levels of aptitude. So I'll give you an example. Um, someone could be book smart, but then someone could be in, incredibly intelligent in sport. There might be a bit of an overlap but doesn't necessarily mean if you're great at being book smart that you're going to be good at sport and vice versa. So it's almost in the – that's where the eye of the beholder comes important because in sport there's certain traits which make you more intelligent. So a lot of that's actually speed, the ability to process things at a rapid speed and think like five or ten steps down down the path. That can actually help you quite a lot. And then, you know, your, your synchronisation between your brain and your, your motor skills and all the rest of it. But then when it comes to book smart, it might be that you can actually ponder and open up ideas and, and not have an answer. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I've got a real answer for uh, intellect maturity. Maybe you can, you can, yeah, respond to those kind of 
Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's a difficult one for me thinking about what intellect or intelligence is. Maybe there's a difference. I should look into it. I was basically just saying when I say intellect maturity, that's what I meant. Thinking about intelligence, it's kind of like the ability to effectively achieve a desire or a want. So mm. I can say, okay, I want this thing and then having the ability to figure out how to get that thing in the most effective, the most optimal way, whatever, something like that along those lines. Again, an interesting discussion to have one we should possibly do in the future. The, yeah, the sports one is uh, interesting. I think that involves, that would involve something else because that's like, I can think, okay, on the field, I need to go here, 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 here. And the ability to actually do that requires some other intelligence about how to actually move the body and then training and practice and actually developing the muscles to be able to make those movements. So I don't know, it's an interesting point. I don't quite know how to how to um, respond to that. I think I like the idea of the, your, your ability to get to a goal. What's interesting about that is can you cheat the system? So if I manipulate someone to do something, is that intelligent? You know, it is, I guess, to some extent. And then how do you compare that intelligence against someone that can actually do it without manipulating someone? So if I can get there quicker, get to my end goal and get more by manipulating someone, am I more intelligent than the person that can actually do it by themselves? Yeah, that's interesting. When you said that even the thought of uh, cheating your way or manipulating your way to a goal, does that show an intelligence or a lack of intelligence because you're – very narrow in your considerations whereas i would think someone whose intelligence would understand the breadth of their decisions like if i cheat my way to a goal that's gonna again indirectly affect all these other things which eventually comes back to me so to me intelligence is more than just the narrow i want this i'm going to get this it's i want this i'm going to get this but i'm going to do it in a way that doesn't screw me over in the future (laughs) yeah that's yeah and that's an interesting concept in itself because then you have to take in the lifespan of an individual because there's risk assessment in your future decision making so that is part of intelligence in itself. So it's a really, to me, it's like a very complex, uh, I still never, I know we we measure IQ and all the rest of it, but I still, it's never seem comfortable with me that we've got a, a grasp of how to measure intelligence or exactly what it ends up meaning. Because um, even like you said, like, will it screw me in the future? Is it intelligent to go, oh, look, I'm going to live for two years, so I'm going to do it this way, get what I want in the two years, live the best out of life, and then whatever happens after that, that's fine. So I know. would say, that, yeah, I would say that it is mm. because although we may disagree with that approach, with that desire, with that want, mm. it's who are we to say that that's yeah. Uh, unfair yeah, for yeah. someone else to want that. So yeah. Yeah. it's an interesting point and it <laughs> kind of brings me back to the topic at hand in that think about how deeply we're thinking about what intellect is, what intelligence is and how things affect each other. Again, I was thinking that you pass a certain age and you understand all yeah. of this. <laughs> yes, yes. You're only just beginning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. So I guess to sum up what I what my thoughts are on intellectual maturity, it's really critical thinking, to put it in a different yeah, way. Yeah, that's a good The ability to yeah. critically think. Yes, yeah. All right, just looking how long we've got. The other one that I had that, and it's, it's very, uh, I guess it could be similar to thinking about intellect or emotional maturity, is just wisdom. And again, defining that would be interesting to me. It's like the ability to put knowledge into action and get 
good outcomes, whatever, <laughs> whatever we would define that by. Interesting. I might take a little slightly different take on wisdom. I kind of see it as the amount of experiences you've had. So like each, and it's hard because then how does each individual filter those experiences into who they are, I guess. But if it, maybe if you go back to tribes, it's generally the oldest person is, you know, and that, that has been through a lot of different experiences is considered the wise one of the group. Um, and so to me, wisdom is, I don't know necessarily how you'd measure it, but to me, wisdom is different from intellect. Like you could be highly intellect at an earlier stage in life uh, much you could outwit someone much older than you but I think wisdom is something you get just with age and the number of experiences you have and there's kind of I don't know if there's a way you which you can shortcut that because you know there's obviously we always think about our brain and about what it does but there's so many other things that your body goes through and experience all your senses you know all your just your body in itself so without having without having gone through that you don't really get the wisdom up so i'm going to go back to a sport analogy and it's probably a little bit (laughs) outside the zone of wisdom i guess but if you think about those that have been on the field for a long period of time they build up uh just intuitive nature about what's going to happen and unfold in front of them they can intuitively respond and that's not something you can teach it's something that they've got over many many experiences about doing many different things and that's kind of the way I sort of see wisdom as being is like you're just wise because you've gone through all these experiences. You've seen enough things. You can't – sometimes you can't describe it. So like um, – and maybe this is verging on talent as well. But if you think about someone like Jimi Hendrix that plays the guitar, like his experience with that guitar and him being connected with that guitar day in, day out and playing just his own loop – just gave him the wisdom to play the guitar in such a way which is so unique. And you can't really teach that. It's just something that he's gained through repetition and and experience, I guess. So, yeah. I would disagree with you a bit on what what you said about wisdom, but I won't get too far into it. I do agree that um, having experiences means there's a higher likelihood of wisdom, but you can have someone who has all the experiences in the world, but if they don't actually learn from it, if they don't reflect on those and say, okay, this experience tells me this, this experience tells me that, they're just a whole bunch of knowledge, but they don't really know how to use that knowledge to do anything. Again, what's a good word here? Useful to do anything good to... That's why I think wisdom itself is is more about putting knowledge into action. Yes, yeah. So it is, it's like... and. That's where I was sort of at the beginning thinking about uh, how how you feel how the person actually filters it does have an impact. So you can go through a lot of experiences, but then what do you do with them is what's also important to be wise, I guess, as well. So it's not just the experience in itself, uh, but I think without the experience, it's hard to get it. Um, I would say maybe I say it that way. So I think if you removed experience from wisdom, you wouldn't have wisdom. I agree. It's it's it would be impossible for you to to know something about something you've never experienced. Like it's just it, it, it would be. I'd have to think about how to actually word this so that it makes sense. But there'd be some logical 
path between you have to actually experience something in order to understand it like you can't intuit you can't logically think your way into something if you haven't done it yeah so experience is definitely a part of it but i think there's also a part where you're learning from that experience and understanding how it all connects together and being able to make use of that but anyway again that's something that i was like you're an adult (laughs) you're wise (laughs) you know all that You, you you get it okay so just to kind of recap what we were talking about there, there's a bit of a tenuous link between adult and being mature in all these various areas. And I think that's something that out of this whole podcast, that's what I want people to take away is that just because you're an adult, it really only tells us that you are of a certain age or you are sexually mature, depending on how you are, you know, what the condition is to be an adult. So Again, if you're an adult, you could have these traits. You could have everything that we're talking about. It's not to say that you can't. It's just that knowing that someone is an adult doesn't tell us anything. They could have none, some, or all of these traits. You don't know unless you actually get to know them. I will say with age, though, like we're talking about, there's a potential for having wider range of experiences. Again, this is only a... uh, probability because you could have someone that's locked in a cage their whole lives has had the same experience or someone who's explored the world and would have multiple different experiences so age just really says okay there's they've had more time to have more experiences and then again with uh more experiences higher potential for wisdom for emotional and intellectual maturity all right so i want to just briefly because we get into the hour mark now that we've explored what an adult is, is how we classify an adult. What do we do with adults? What what <laughs> what information does that tell us? How do we treat someone? Should we even acknowledge it as anything bigger than just saying, oh, congratulations, you're of a certain age? Do you think there is a value to labeling someone an adult and then being able to give them certain rights, certain freedoms that, that maybe children don't have or ability to do things that children don't have? It's interesting. I guess we, we're balancing two extremes. I think just having an age is probably a bit tricky. Um, I think um, – so it's really just a category. I think you said that earlier on when we were talking. Is really uh, um, adult is considered a category, but we actually don't um, talk about this, maybe the spectrum of being an adult much. So I guess when you're 18, you've, you, you just become an adult, and when you're 50 – you probably, you know, you hopefully <laughs> have enough experience that you've become sort of a, a very mature adult and then there's obviously some diversity in between. So what do we do about that? I guess it's just being aware, isn't it? So, you know, I guess it's really acknowledging that um, I think one of the things is acknowledging why we have adult linked to an age. Uh, for me it's kind of that social structure we are talking about a bit earlier before it fits within our administration to give someone an age to be able to uh, engage with modern society and driving contracts and all the rest of it. But then I think we have to, in some respect, uh, build in uh, systems which take the spectrum into account that, that, that you know, um, that uh, having a little bit more leniency on a younger adult as opposed to an older adult um, even that becomes a little bit tricky because each person starts off in a very different starting block as well. So, you know, someone that's uh, in the in their mid-30s might have started a lot behind someone that's um, maybe in their early 20s. 
And so how you build that in, I don't know. But I think it's just being aware that adult is a category. It's generally categorically used in the legal framework. And there's a lot of assumptions we probably make when we say someone's an adult. Um, oh, you're an adult, so you should be responsible with this or, or that and all the rest of it. And it's like, well, hang on, did they actually, have they been through the experience? Have they had the learnings and lessons of um, taking those responsibilities on board? Um, and just maybe just adjusting yourself based on that. So, you know, some adults, you you can give them a lot of responsibilities. Others, others, others you can't, can't. And I think that's okay. Um, we should be able to adapt and change to different people. And I don't think it's a detriment to either either. I think everyone's just trying to live their best they can. So some people can just out of luck take on more, more respons- responsibility than others. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, very well put. I agree with uh, a lot of what you said there. It's And my main aim with this podcast and what I hope people got out of it is that awareness that adult is a category any category all you can say for certainty about anyone in that category is that they meet the conditions to get into that category now there's like probabilities between you know a certain category there's a probability that any any member will have x trait whatever it is but at the end of the day just just being aware that okay just because you're an adult all that really tells me is that you're of a certain age and to also consider that with um younger people just because mm. they're not adults mm. doesn't mean they don't have adult characteristics. They, they may have all, all these characteristics that we assume an adult has, you know. So just to, to be open to that, be aware of that, to use that to, to remind ourselves or I suggest remind ourselves to evaluate people individually. Like That's a, a very good point, yes. Yeah, yeah. From, from a bigger, uh, broader scope than just being an adult, just remember – categories only tell us one thing and that is whatever condition it is to enter that category so just yeah take each individual and evaluate them personally don't necessarily assume these things about them because they fit into a group and yeah just respect everyone the same adult child or anything else just respect them the same yeah i really like that uh, last uh, idea is yeah don't just because they're not an adult doesn't mean you can't treat them individually uh, in particular, like kids, I kind of find that uh, I think we've said this before. If we haven't, it's kind of like people ask questions when they're ready. People want to take on responsibility generally when they're ready, unless there's some in, in incentive. So, you know, it's taking each individual and, and taking those considerations into account and treating them the way they fit. So sometimes you do have younger kids that can can take on responsibilities and by not giving them those responsibilities just because they're not an adult uh, might hold them back as well. So, yeah, I think that's an important point. Just Category. There's categories for us, administrative points of view maybe, and then there's treating people individually. Very well. Are you happy if I leave it with that one? Yeah, leave it on there. All right then. So my supplemental song suggestion for today is Joyner Lucas's Just Like You. And then my quote for today, which uh, – is, is uh, very much in line with what we just said there. Treat them all the same by treating them differently. <laughs> and that's by Stephen Covey and it's in the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Beach Pool, which is another book I highly recommend people to to read. So thanks for joining us for this discussion. This is only the beginning and we look forward to hearing your thoughts and opinions on the topic we just discussed. 
as always, be well.